uh, before, but enjoying your food, I must say. Uh, I reckon you've got the best scallops in the world. Uh, I had a few at, our, at the uh, motel where I was staying. I thought, wow, you guys are used to that. For you, it's nothing. For me, it's like, wow, this is great. Uh, but more than that, just enjoying being with people here, getting to know you. I like to mix around and see the different faces. And, uh, you know, it, uh, I actually passed it in a country town for around about two and a half years. It was smaller than this. It was about 4,000. And so I understand the mentality is just a little bit differently, but there's a greater sense of community, there's a greater sense of oneness, and uh, there's many, many benefits that we have to work hard in the city to do. You actually have it here because there's, there's a real sense of family and community. How many know what I'm talking about? You know, you're in the right place. And uh, I, I love to be in a church where I can sense that God is about to do something, is about, you know, they're on the edge. It's just, just we're almost, you know, we're want, wanting to step into another place and and I could see that that's happening. There's a, there's a revolution taking place here. There's a, there's a sense of momentum taking place. And, and, uh, and I, yesterday I had the, the wonderful privilege of, of talking to your leaders. And, and they, they, I could see the vibrancy there. Uh, and I got to know Josh a little bit. I saw him, I think, at Hillsong Conference. And, you know, and then, then he was wearing a cap yesterday. I didn't know who he was. He put this cap. And I'm glad you've taken it off so I know that's you. Uh, how many people love Josh? Yeah, yeah he's okay. There's about three people there who really love, they all love you here. Uh, you know, son of the house. My, my daughter uh, is also serving in ministry now. She uh, heads up the children's department. She was heading up the youth department. She's a pastor as well. And uh, she recently got married. Hallelujah. It's a good thing to let him go in Jesus' name. And uh, found the right man for him. He loves the Lord too. And he's serving in ministry. And so together, so I've got my wife, I've got my daughter, I've got my son-in-law now on staff and my... You know, it's like, oh my goodness, and uh, I love family, uh, yeah. uh, but they're interesting to work with as well. Uh, so, you know, God is doing good things. We're a very multinational church. We're a very uh, a multi-generational church, so very similar to what you got here. You've got people who are, who, who, who's over 60? Lift up your hand. You're not over 60. You, <laughs> okay, who's over 60? Okay, uh, all right, then it goes, then you got, you know, then you've got a real scattering. And that's just exactly like our church. And that's what heaven ought to be like. We need to, we need to affirm those who have been in the, in, in the ways of God for many, many years. We affirm them. We honor you for, for your faithfulness and uh, your spirit of sacrifice that you poured into the house. And we want to have the same spirit. Every generation ought to have the same spirit of sacrifice, faith, move the thing onwards in Jesus' name. That together we can do it. We're so multi-generational. And, uh, and I can sense that. I love to see the young people on the front row and making a lot of noise, which is really good. And uh, so, you know, things get quiet, just whistle. Who's the whistler here, by the way? There's a whistler here. Where is that whistler? Man, I've got to hire you in our church. I thought, wow, this is great. You're in the middle of the worship. Not, not worship, praise, but off it goes. I thought, oh, we're all waking up here. So that's good. I love it. I love it. And uh, so it's a real privilege. Now, I just want to make sure I do the right thing because, you, you know, you can, I know what you say to pastors, you go, you can preach as long as you like. And then, and then if you preach too long, I say, I'm never getting him back again. You know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know what it's like. So, so what time should I fit? Because you have, you have things at the end, don't you? You have things at the end. Sorry? Let, cool. I, I want to respect that. Look, I have pastors come. And, uh, you know, I, I get worried. I guess people from all over the world, you know, coming. And, and when they come, uh, you know, some of them are used to preaching two to three hours. And I say, look, you know, brother, we've got another service. And he goes, yeah, yeah. And I'll think, you know, I have one guy. Can I say this story? 
I had one guy preach. We had two services. One was at nine at that time and the other one at 11. And, uh, and I said to him, look, you know, you've got to finish by this service because we've got to get the children out, right? And then you know, they've got to go home and then we get another service. This guy preached, right, from 9.30 to 10.30 when he should have finished to quarter to 11. He preached right through 11 o'clock. He kept on going, right? The children are lining up at the doors. He was not going to stop. He had actually, he had 12 points, right? And he was on number seven. How many of you know we're in trouble here? <laughs> so one of, our, one of my guys, I don't know whether this is right or wrong, but he, he put this, I don't know, he's crazy. He, he, he puts this song, How Great Thou Art, right? And starts playing it and the guy realizes, oh, I better stop, you know? So I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person. Oh, fantastic. So thank you for uh, the opportunity to be able to share with you, and, and I hope that you received the word. I, I have a very simple word, but I really believe that it's part of your journey. I'm, I'm picking up that you're, you're wanting to engage with the Holy Spirit. I, I can, I'm sensing that as, as you're worshiping. I'm sensing that you want to go deeper. Everybody say deeper. You want to go deeper in the things of God. You want to grow wider. Not wider this way, but why, I mean, you want to grow. Grow is the, the actual word, is that right, for this year? So you want to grow, but you want to grow in many ways. You want to grow in the understanding of God's word. You want, you want to grow in, in relationship with one another, but you also want to grow in the things of the Spirit. So I, I just want to just talk about that. And then tonight, I'm going to share a message called Explaining the Supernatural. Yeah, whoa, you go, whoa, yeah. I just want to touch something there that, that will help you, that will help you, I believe. It's helped me. And uh, so wherever I've shared it, I think it's been a blessing. So let's get on with it, okay? If we have a chance at the end, I'd like to pray for people if, if that's okay. Um, have you ever asked yourself the question, what on earth am I doing here? I, I, what on earth am I supposed to be doing with my life? You ever had one of those moments, a reflection? You kind of go, what, what is this all about? It's a very, very important question actually to ask. And one that you want to get right because you don't want to get to the end of your life and then think, man, I think I missed it. I think I messed it up. It's not a good way to go. And uh, so, so sometimes, you know, you see people, they're running fast, but what are they doing? They, they're on a different track and they're not really heading where they ought to be. And I want to just give you three concepts today. I want you to repeat them after me. Say, plug in, plug in. Grow, up, grow up, shine out. Shine out. Now, some of you are with me, some of you are not with me, but I need you to be with me. Okay, here we go again. Can we do it again? Okay, what, so I better do it right because otherwise I might say the wrong thing myself. Plug in, grow up, shine out. I think they're very pivotal in the way we live life. And I want to take you to a scripture, first of all, that talks about the whole plugging in first. Uh, and that's in Luke chapter 9, verse 1. You guys believe in the Bible, don't you? Is that right? You have a Bible here? Is, is that, you still believe in that? Cool, cool. That's, that's good. I want... Uh, I'm a, I'm a Bible preacher, okay? So uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, and it says, And when Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all the demons, and he sent them, he sent them out to proclaim the good news, or he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God. Another translation, he sent them out to proclaim the good news. The good, everybody say good news. Yeah. We're here always to proclaim good news. And it just shows you that, that, the minis- that all, our life is all about people. It's not about you. It's about others and how we can influence them. That may come as a bit of a surprise to you. It's not about you. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's not about you. No, no, it's about others, how we can influence others, how we can bring health into others. Some of you are just waiting to say that. I noticed you got very enthusiastic there. 
Do you have unresolved conflict in this church that you need to deal with? Do we need to have a conflict seminar here? You know, it's not, a, it's not about you. Yeah, and, and it's about people, about helping other people to find healing and restoration so that we bring them to a place where they can engage with God, they can know Him for themselves. So how do we do that? Well, the first thing is you need to be plugging in to God. Now, here's a scripture, uh, Mark chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. Listen to this. You can read it with me. He appointed 12 that they might, read the next three words, be with him. Uh, read, say that again. Be with him. And that he might send them out and preach and, and he gave them authority to drive out demons. The first thing you notice that Jesus does is he says, uh, guys, I want you to be with me. I don't want you to do anything first. I want you to be with me. And when you're with me, I'm going to give you authority and I'm going to give you power. But it comes from being with me, watching me. So many times we get it all wrong. You know, we, we figure we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But you've got to engage with God and then be in his presence. How many of you know that we need to have the power of God in our life? Amen. We're going to come across all sorts of difficulty in life, and there's things that are beyond you. And we need the supernatural power of God. Jesus, it says in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. And what? Power. And what? Power. He anointed him with power. To what? And he went about doing good he went about doing good to people but first of all he was anointed with power and God wants to anoint you with power you can do try to do things on your own steam you can get all the strategies you like and I'm big into strategies and processes and systems and and, and, and growth tracks and all that sort of thing but I tell you without the power of God people's lives are not transformed because he only he can change them only he can give them a revelation of Jesus Christ. Only he can peel away, if you like, the veil in front of their eyes so that they see the supernatural, that they see that God is real. I remember when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, one of the first things I said was, I thought, God is real. Can you believe that? I grew up in church. I grew up in church, and the first thing I say, I got my, my, the first testimony I gave, I said, well, you know what? I've discovered that God is real. It's like, it's like the... It's like the veil was peeled from my eyes because I had an encounter with the power of God. Amen. So we need to plug into God. We need to be with Him. Be with Him. And I'm not just talking about on a Sunday morning. I'm, I'm talking about living with God, that we are carriers of His presence. More and more, I just want to be a carrier of God's presence. I don't want what I do here on a Sunday to be divorced from what I am. I mean, I'm not as exuberant and say, oh, no, you know, you don't get me doing this kind of thing every day, but, but in the sense of, uh, I carry God with me. I'm ready at any time for God to use me. Amen. But we've got to plug in. I, think, I look at like, uh, like this, and, and the analogy of an extension cord. Now, if I was to go around this building, I'm sure that there are a number of extension cords. If I go to your house, there's a number of extension cords. How does an extension cord work? You plug it in. Come on now, you're already there. She, she's already, you're already gone there. An extension cord has no power of its own. Okay? The only way that their power flows from the power source through that extension cord is when it's plugged in. 
You can have it just lying there and you can attach something to the end of that. If it's not plugged in, nothing works. You could have all the tools, you could have all the instruments, but when you plug that thing in, the same power that's in that power source goes through the extension cord and the things work. The tools come alive, lights up, and we are like that. I hate to tell you, you are just an extension cord. I'm sorry to tell you. That's all you are. And without the power of God, we got nothing to give. But when we connect with Him, we become vehicles through which God's grace and God's mercy and God's forgiveness and God's healing flows through us and touches other people's lives and they are transformed because we carry something. It's flowing in and through us. So, we need to plug in. Just recently, uh, I went on a sabbatical and um, it was about a year ago. And you say, what's a sabbatical? That's when a pastor takes a bit of a break. And I've been serving the Lord for many, many years. And by the way, can I just say this? I, I say to pastors everywhere, if you've been in a church for seven years, you know that sabbatical in Scripture is seven years. Seven years. And seven, and then seven times seven, we get, we get all of that. You know, I say to pastors, you need to take a serious break. Because being a pastor... Is a, is a serious business. You get attacked. You got to deal with a whole multitude of different people. I think we need to give this man a big hand here. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I, I've done this for a long time. And uh, you need to take a break, brother. I'm telling you. You've done seven years. And, and, and I just thought, look, I need to just take a break from being a pastor, right? It's not that I'm not going to take a break. I need to take a break from being the vice president of, of uh, Victoria, you know, because we, we overlook, you know, 260 churches and I just need to take a break from that. But you know what? When you go on holidays, you might take a break from your role, but I don't take a break from being a Christian. What is it with that? That you go on holidays and I'll go, oh, well, I won't go to church anymore. You don't have to pray anymore. I don't read the Word. What's that? No, 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 no. You, you, I, I remain plugged in. I, I, I remain worshipping God. I, re, I remain just looking to Him. And, and opportunities opened up during that sabbatical where I can minister to my family. We've got to always remain plugged in. We're always plugged in. Maybe we don't, we're not doing our duties, but always plugged into God. Say plugged in. Plugged in. Uh, you're getting it, I can tell. Number two, you need to grow up. Say to the person next to you, grow up, for goodness sake. Now, some of you are getting very exuberant about that too. Yeah, I'm telling you, there's something going on here. We need to grow up. You know, it's not how long you've been a Christian. I know Christians have been, you know, in, in the way, actually in the way for a long time. And we need to allow God to, to mature us and, and, and have that spirit to grow up. Listen to the scripture. You all know it. John chapter 15, verse 5. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear what? You'll bear much fruit. In other words, you're going to grow but apart from me, you can do nothing. There's the analogy again, the same analogy. We've got to be plugged in, but then it's, it's talking about this connection in regards to growing up, growing in the things of God. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to be always growing. Always growing. How do we grow? Many, many different ways. That's why you come to the house of God. You go to a church that's spirit-filled. I love this church because you get challenged. 
You just don't come along. At the end of it, there's a challenge. What are you going to do? How are you going to step up into the things of God? You get challenged when you hear the word of God. You're in a small group. You grow there. You go not only to, to receive, but to give. You know, when you're serving in a ministry group, it's not just about you, you giving, but also receiving, giving, receiving. You grow in that position. You, you, you find ways to grow. Maybe that you've got growth classes here. I don't know what you have. You growth tracks or Bible college. Having a hunger, a hunger to grow. I find sometimes Christians lose that hunger. It's not good. You've got to be hungry. The hunger of a lion. You want more, you know. You've got the roar of a lion. You've got the hunger of a lion. I've got to eat. I've got to eat the word of God. I've got to grow in the things of God. You know, get hungry for the things of the Lord. Leadership classes, all, all of it there. And, and, you know, another way you can grow is by serving. You might say, oh, you know, that's about helping the church. No, it's not. It is, but it's not. When you serve, you actually grow. When you start to stretch in different areas, if you're asked to do something, and this seems to be the, what I've been talking about the last few days, if you're asked to do something that's stretching you, that's a little bit further than where you are, say yes and go into it, and you'll find that you'll grow. So I can never do that. Don't say that. Get up there. What's your name again? Sarah, did you always feel that you could get up here and do announcements? No. Was it a scary feeling? Is it still a little bit scary anyway? But she does it and she does it well. Why don't we give her a hand? Because she's stepping up. She's stepping up. And if, can you imagine if you all step up? You just step up a few, a few rungs. I tell you what, this church will just go from strength to strength. And I just believe that God is going to challenge you in stepping up. Amen. So the question is, are you still growing? I've known the Lord now for 40 years. I know it doesn't look like it. It looks like I'm 40, I know. I've known the, I've known the Lord for 40 years. And I'll tell you now, I still have a hunger. I'm still learning stuff. I, I, I'm still discovering ways of God. I'm still going deeper in the things of God because I always want to be hungry for what He has for me. I, I remember... Uh, I remember the, the, the disciples, remember them, that God used these very normal people who are far from perfect. And we heard it this morning. You think about Peter, he's always putting his, you know, his foot in his mouth. He's always opening up his mouth before he thinks. You, you think of James and John, they're, they're wanting to call down fire from heaven to destroy the Samaritans. And I can just imagine Jesus putting his hands on his head saying, who are these people that I've chosen? They're just... I can't believe it. He says, I don't know what spirit you are of. But, but he says, but what he saw in them is he, there was a hunger to grow and he corrected them and they're willing to adjust. You don't have to be perfect, but you've got to have a hunger. You say, God, I'm willing to change. I'm willing to do what you want me to do. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll go where you want me to go. God, transform me. I tell you, God can use anybody. He can use you. Amen. He can use you. Have that hunger to grow. I remember a great trainer of leaders many years ago. His name was Howard Hendricks. And some of you weren't even born, so it means nothing to you. But he was the man who, who trained... Uh, don't laugh. He was the man <laughs> who trained uh, Billy Graham, Bill Bright, people like that. And he made a statement, which I, I'll never forget. He said, um, he said, I don't care what a person knows. I don't care how intelligent he is. The only thing I look for 
is how teachable he is. He says, that's all I look for. When I'm looking for greatness, when I'm looking for people who are going to rise and do something really great in life, he says, that's all I look for, teachability. He says, because, and he said this, this is that more than 30 years ago, and I still remember it today. He says, because there's always, a, there's always a distance between where a person is and where they can go, their maximum potential, where they are and where they can, and the only way to span that is through teachability. The only way to do it. So the question is, how teachable are you? Do you have a hunger to grow? Do you have a hunger to grow? And if not, you need to say, God, increase the hunger. So, Lord, I, I desire to just eat and grow and, and, and expand out into what you want me to be. All right, so this, what do we got? Plug in. Grow up. Shine out. Shine out. Let's have a look at this, this concept here. Philippians chapter 2, verse 15 says this. So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, in a warped and crooked generation. Let's read the next few words. Then you will shine. Everybody say shine. Shine, shine among them like stars in the sky. And we know that we live in a very dark world. Man, I tell you, it's getting darker by the moment. It really is. And we're called to be different. I want to share with you a scripture that, uh, that I actually shared when I went to Bible college. I was 22 years of age, and I was so nervous. You talk about nervous. I was absolutely petrified in front of the whole student body. And you'll understand, you'll understand in a few moments why I, I chose this verse. And I got up there. It's John chapter 1, verse 7, and it reads these words. It's just actually 1, verse 6. It says, There was a man sent from God... And his name was John. I said, let's pray. And everybody's looking around there thinking, oh, this guy, man, you know, is this a joke or something? And, and it's, it's basically, I was talking about the call of God. Okay, that's my first message. There was a man sent from God. His name was John. There was a man sent from God. His name was Rob. There's a man sent from God into this community. And a woman sent from God into this community. His name is Pauline. God sent them here. They're not here by accident. They've been commissioned to do a job. Get behind them. They're not perfect. You don't know that. Everybody knows that. But they're not perfect. But they're sent from God. They are anointed and they are appointed to do a job. You follow what God puts in their heart. Of course, there's accountability and all that, and you will see, you'll see what, where God takes this church. Anyway, that's beside the point. Then it said, and this and, and John, right? And this is John the Baptist talking about. And he came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only to witness to the light. Who is that light? The light is Jesus. You see, we're not the light. We're not the primary light. We're the reflectors of that light. And again, it's the same principle. As you draw close to the light, then you reflect the light. It's like the sun and the moon. You look, you look sometimes on a beautiful night, and there's the moon. It's just shining. But what is it? It's just simply reflecting the light of the sun. And the same with us. We reflect the light of God as we draw close to Him. I don't know how many of you have got a watch that shines in the dark. Anyone got a watch like that? We've got, uh, on our 30th anniversary, my wife Lois, who says hello, by the way, she's in our church, she's, 
she's the love of my life. We've been married for 30, 30 something years. I get myself into trouble. <laughs> I was in church recently and I said, Do you know, and, and uh, you know, we've been married for 33 years. And, and she pipes on, No, we're not. 34 years. <laughs> right. So it's 34 years we've been married. And, um, and it, was, it was on her 30th anniversary. I said, What do you want? And, and, and I don't know what to buy. Men, do you understand? What do you buy these women? I've got no idea. They're so hard. It's like I said, look, can you just buy yourself something and then I'll, I'll pay for it, all right? I know it's a cop-out. I know, I know. Oh, now I've started, now I've started problems in the house. Now somebody's going to go home and say, Pastor John said you should buy something and then I'll pay for it. All right, okay, sorry, sorry, I've messed it up. Anyway. So I said to her, can you just go buy something? Can you buy, you know, buy whatever? She says, I think I want to buy a watch. She says, great, go out there. She says, she went out and bought this watch. I tell you, she's a beautiful watch. Great watch. I said, how much has it got? <laughs> no, it wasn't that much. He got it really on special. It was really good. And the thing that... <laughs> it's just a little bit more than Casio, you know? Sort of the, the, or is it... Yeah, yeah, come on. It was a good watch. Do people engage like this with you? You can't get on with the message. <laughs> so she buys this thing and uh, she comes. And it's, one of the, it's a gold, it's white. You know, she always wants that, that white and it's a little bit of gold in there. And it's beautiful. And the particular quality about this watch is that it, it shines at night. So during the day, if it's anywhere near the light, uh, you know, if, if the, you close the light, it just comes, you know, you can just see everything. And she loves it because she can look at it during the night and say, oh, it's, you know, 2.30 or 3.30. It's like this. <laughs> but it's not that one. It's like, it's cardia, you know, it, and it just, it, it illuminates at night. Now, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. But I want to let you know something, that if you take that same watch and you put it in a dark place for two to three days, it will lose all of its brilliance. You know where I'm going here? All right. I'm going somewhere. If you separate yourself from the light of God, it may not happen tomorrow, and it may not happen the day after, but you're going to start to stop glowing. You're going to stop shining out. You see, if I can put it this way, all of us are saved by grace. There's nothing you, can, I, you and I could do to receive salvation. It's all because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the grace of God. How good is that? You know, we just simply came to him and said, Lord, said, Lord, I need your forgiveness. Come and live inside of me. And that's wonderful. But let me tell you, from that point onwards, we are called to live with him. And, and, and if you start separating yourself from him, you're going you're gonna to find that, and, and some of you know that you're not glowing the way you used to be. You're not shining out the way you used to be. And what you need to do is say, look, Get rid of all the distractions. Just come before God. Get, get rid of the, the iPhone and the iPad and the SMSs and just be with Him. Even if it's just for a few minutes, just be with Him. Come close to the light. And something of the light will start to penetrate inside of your soul. And, 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 and things will start to ignite inside of you once again. Amen? Amen? That's what God wants. That's what He wants for each one of us. Amen. You know, one more illustration here. It might be helpful. What's the one word that we use when, <clears throat> when a woman is pregnant in the latter stages? 
What do you say? What do you say? She is what? Glowing. Now, can I just say something for the men here? This is, this is one of those things. I've got I to gotta let you know this. Don't go up to a woman and say, man, you're really glowing. Unless you know that she's pregnant. Don't go up to them and say, congratulations. Oh, you know, that's good news. Good news. And then all of a sudden, wrong. So make sure before you start saying to somebody that they're glowing. But the, the reality is this, why are they glowing? Because they have a life within them. There's a life that is, that is growing within them. And it's just starting to come out, out in them. And that's a, a lot like us. As we have the life of God inside of us, it starts to come out. Listen to Acts chapter 4, verse 13. And it says here, And when they saw the boldness, have you got it there? Acts chapter 4, verse 13. And when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished. And they took note, look at this, that these men had, come on, help me here, been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. And who Jesus was, was now coming through them. And they realized this is impossible. This is more than what they've got. This, this can't be natural because they've been with him. Today, whether you're a Christian, whether you've been a Christian for 40 years, or whether you've been a Christian for four days, it really doesn't matter. What's God saying to you? It's a simple message. What's God saying to you? We can go and we can, you know, take this message and say, oh, that was pretty good, that was funny, or that was a great illustration. But what is God saying to you? I want us all to close our eyes. In fact, can I have the musicians come forward? Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. Holy Father, I wonder if you could just all stand. It'll be good because you've been sitting down there for a while. Just lift up your hands. <coughs> just ask the Lord, what are you saying to me? What do I need to do? Maybe saying, you, son, daughter, You've been quite distant from me. You got really distracted. You need to plug in again. Plug into me. I want to pour my power into you. I want to show you how to live life at a higher level. Not just at your own level, but at a higher level. I want my grace to flow in you. Maybe saying, you need to grow up. You need to capture that hunger again for the things of God. Stretch. Say yes when you're approached. Enroll in something that will grow you. Is that what you want me to do, Lord? Or maybe saying you gotta, you got to shine out. You're becoming like the darkness. You're not making a difference. Draw close to me. I want you to be a carrier of my presence. Wherever you go, the people will be attracted to the light. Not in you, but 
my light in you. People come and say, can you pray for me? They'll say, can you, can you believe God for me? Because they'll sense something. What is God saying to you? Just ask him. What are you saying to me? What do I need to do? And then say, Lord, okay, I'll do it. Everybody say, I'll do it. I'll make a decision today to do it. I'm going to step forward. I'm going to plug in. I'm going to grow up. And I'm going to shine out in Jesus' name. All may know that you are alive, that you are the Son of God, Jesus. I pray, Lord God, lift up your hands. Father, I pray for this congregation in Jesus' name, Lord. I thank you, Lord God, that you have caused this church to be a light in this area. Lord God, not just the pastor, not just his wife, not just the leaders, but every single one of them, that they will become carriers, beacons, Lord, of your power, Lord. Lord God, that they'll see miracles occur, Lord God, even beyond their wildest dreams, miracles of finance, miracles of faith, Lord God, miracles of healing will flow, Lord, in and through this church. Lord, you want the church to be supernatural, Lord God. We pray that you'll fill us with faith, Lord God. Take us to another level. Father God, I pray that as they launch, and I sense you as a church, you're on the verge. You're on the verge of stepping into a larger place. There's a little bit of struggle. And God says, come on, come on. Step out of the boat. Step out of the boat. Some of you are going, oh, I don't know, I don't know. It's, it might cost me too much. And God says, if you will do this, I will not only give to you, I will outgive you. You will never lose by giving God everything that you have. God, have your way. Say, have your way in your life. Have your way in my life. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Praise your name. Praise your name. Come on, let's worship him. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Say, I will go where you ask me to go, and I will do what you ask me to do in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right.